It's time to get in the zone. The Fantasy Football Zone. Hey guys, where else would you rather be? Get involved with the show by following us on Twitter at DraftThatGuy. Want a piece of that championship? Put it in here. This is the Fantasy Football Zone. Welcome back into the Fantasy Football Zone. And once again, we are joined with Jake Latarski, rotowire.com. We got our head on a swivel this week. I mean, with everything going on, there's a lot with the stretch run looking right at us. Yeah, I think this is one of the worst fantasy weeks I can remember in, you know, five, <laughs> six years of doing this as far as injuries go. I mean, uh, you have that coming up, so at least it's a hot waiver wire with the injuries. And then there's week 13 and 14 buys, which we can yes. – I don't really remember that ever happening. No. You know, you can thank the extended season. That's the trade-off that we have to make. But, uh, you know, th- that'll be an interesting thing to see if they stick to that yeah. after, uh, you know, after – I mean, the NFL has always adjusted for fantasy players, right? You know, they've yes. made all these offensive rules. They want big scoring points. You know, they, they want all this stuff. And now it's really hurting people fighting for a playoff spot in week 13 and 14. That mixed with all these injuries is uh, is going to put a lot of fantasy players in some some serious dilemmas. Well, we'll get to the injuries. But I, while we're on this talk at, topic, I, I'll ask you about that. Because, you know, the NFL was like the first one to really kind of embrace fantasy and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, go out, like you said, change some of the rules, make it more. I mean, they, I think, they, too, they were the first, like, league official site that, yeah, come to our site and play fantasy football and all that. And now mm-hmm. you put these bye weeks in here. Here we are in December. I never remembered any bye weeks in December. Now, I know the trade off, like you said, we have an extra game at the end of the season. But we had some weeks where we only had two teams on bye. Then we had that week seven where we had six teams on bye. They got to change this. I mean, even, you know, they they have the fantasy player in mind, too, with this stuff. For this purpose, you don't want to have your key teams out of it right now, especially when we're right down the stretch run of this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so the default, you know, the standard across all fantasy is you sit out week 18. That, that week's meaningless. You don't play. And your playoffs are the last three weeks, so 15, 16, and 17. And that means that in the last game you have, the last chance you have to make the playoffs, Oh, guess what? You know, Jonathan Taylor is going to sit out this week. He had, yeah. You know, and I mean, the Colts, Dolphins, Pats, and Eagles had that week 14 by. I mean, the week 13 by here, too, for a lot of these teams. That definitely affected how we ranked our waiver wire players this week because, you know, guess what? You can dump your waiver wire budget on this guy. He'll be great in week 14, 15, 16, but it doesn't mean a dang thing yeah. if uh, if you don't make the playoffs and because you lost this week. So uh, it's 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 putting a new wrinkle into the fold. I think they'll have to readjust that. Um, I will say, though, that, you know, the team that we're here supporting, the Packers, benefits from this so much. Yeah. Get Rodgers healthy, get some of their other guys healthy. I know Cobb came up a little limp in that game. So, you know, they've got some injuries to recover from. So I'm sure, you know, from the players' side, they <laughs> might they might like that. But, uh, you know, again, you don't know if your bye week's going to be week six or week 14. That's one of the biggest ranges that I've ever seen. So uh, we'll see what happens in the offseason here. And, of course, too, I mean, the bigger headline from this past week, injuries all over the place that are really going to affect the way this season ends up. A lot of stars out. Christian McCaffrey out. They look like Dalvin Cook. I mean, Zimmer's – I think he's beat a LaCoy with that one. He's saying, well, it's not a torn labrum. He's day-to-day. I, I don't yeah, – okay. I mean, that's – I mean, yeah. there's a lot of mystery around that one, among others, going on right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the list is so big. I'll just do a couple quick hitters. I mean, Cook was originally supposed to be two weeks, right? I think he yeah. had a, a partially torn labrum in one shoulder and then he fully tore it in the other shoulder. Yeah. I mean, that takes, <laughs> that's a, it takes a real tough guy. I mean, I, and you know, the Vikings probably think they're going to have playoff hopes too. So you want to probably <laughs> save your best player a little bit. 
Um, so, you know, you, you got that going for you. So, I mean, that makes Alexander Madison number one pickup, if you can. He just missed, we usually do a 50% threshold of uh, roster shipper, if you will, yeah. uh, to, uh, you know, to feature them on our waiver show. He was only 50, he was 51%. So uh, enough people, enough, enough Cal, uh, Delvin Cook owners were, you know, taking his backup. And he was, you know, I've actually been sitting him on my bench in a couple of leagues for this exact scenario to happen because you know cook hasn't really stayed healthy a full season maybe once or twice in his league so yeah madison's the guy but other than that i mean quick hitters you said mccaffrey's out for the season picking up chuba hubber won't do you any good with the panthers on by this week yeah. so you have to have you know week 14 and beyond in mind there um jd mckissick who looked great uh scored a couple touchdowns then he gets that head neck injury he's not at practice deandre swift is probably out with the shoulder injury yeah um and then i'll i'll, I'll i mean we all thought Amari Cooper was going to be back, right? Yeah. And he's still on the COVID protocol. The whole Cowboys coaching staff is in the COVID protocol. So that sets up an interesting thing for Wednesday night or um, Thursday night, excuse me. Uh, Devo Samuel, out one to two weeks. Is it the IU time? <laughs> yes. You know, I guess we'll yeah. see. Uh, Darren Waller strained his knee on Thanksgiving week to week. Um, Miles Sanders just comes back, hurts his ankle again. <laughs> he He's actually looking okay. And then, you know, finally some positive news. Elvin Kamara and Mark Ingram are both back to practice here. So what do I have, like, eight <laughs> negative tidbits and, like, one little bit of encouragement? Yes. So it's not, it's not a whole lot. I think the Cardinals might get their guys healthy, too, a little bit after the bye. So that helps. But, you know, you know, trying to f- find the glass half full here with a couple positive bits of news. And this is going to prove to be the season of attrition that, uh, you know, how you build your roster. It's not just draft day. And this is going to prove it this season with everything that's going on right now. Absolutely. I mean, this shows uh, how important it is to, you know, if you're in contention to think about backing up your stud running backs, but also just being active on the waiver wire. I mentioned Madison, um, you know, We'll have to watch the uh, Miles Sanders injury because Boston Scott seems to benefit from that. I mean, uh, Jordan Howard was hurt, and he sat out last week. That whole Philly backfield's a mess, but it looks like Scott might actually be the guy. And then, of course, you know, Philly has a Week 14 bye as well. So, you know, I would think they'd hold Sanders out through that. So he's involved. I mean, former Packer great Jamal Williams, he would be the guy in Detroit if, if Swift doesn't play as anticipated. Um, it looks like Taysom Hill's going to start a quarterback, finally take over for Trevor Simeon. There's so much going on in this Thursday night game. Just yes. injuries, people returning, you know, a whole lot going on. So that'll be interesting. And because of the Waller injury I mentioned earlier, uh, Foster Moreau would be his backup. He had six catches for 60 yards and a score the last time Waller had to sit a game. So that's something to watch out for. And the other guy I highlighted, who Wallace Packer fans did get to see a little bit last week, is Van Jefferson. It was yes. surprising to me that he was only 49% rostered when we did our show yesterday. I'm sure people are starting to scoop him up. But uh, the Rams, I say this all the time, the Rams' base offense is a three-wide receiver set, cups on the field 100% of the snaps, and Odell and uh, and Jefferson were both on the field for 98% of the snaps. So they don't leave the field. They're both getting big plays here. You know, if the names were, were blotched out and you had a pick between Beckham and Jefferson, you pick Jefferson 100% of the time. Yep. But Jefferson sits here at 49% rostered and Beckham sits here at 95% rostered. So um, that's, you know, we got that going on. And even one more I'll throw out there. One more, just yes. this one. Kendrick Bourne from the Patriots. Uh, he's only about 20% rostered. He's having a nose for the end zone. Now on paper, you would have a very tough matchup against Buffalo this week. But remember, Tredavious White, 
tore his ACL out for the season. That's a tough, tough, tough break for the Bills. And, you know, not everybody's like the Packers where they lose their best cover corner and suddenly turn into a top 10 defense here. You know, normally in the real world, this reverberates across the rest of your defense. You can't have that single coverage. And, uh, you know, there's going to be have to be sacrifices made elsewhere. So, you know, maybe Kendrick Bourne, too. There's a there are a lot of I mean, a lot of injuries always leads to a lot of waiver wire names here. And, and this is definitely one of the biggest weeks I can remember. Well, let's just keep it negative here and uh, let's look at some of the tough schedules uh, that are coming down the stretch. And you always you know, we already mentioned, too, with those bye weeks from some of those guys, key players. That's mm-hmm. going to be factored in here for your positioning, trying to make the playoffs and everything else. But again, there are some pretty tough uh, runs uh, coming up from some key players. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I kind of have a love-hate relationship with this topic some weeks because <laughs> I can call, come out here and tell you, you know, Tom Brady's got a really tough rest of season schedule. Stephon Diggs has a really tough rest of season schedule here, but you're not, you can't bench him at this point, nope. right? You know, nope. what, yep. are you, what, what are you going to do? I mean, yep. Brady, maybe you could have some alternatives, but you're never going to bench Stephon Diggs in a given week because he's often pretty matchup proof. So those are a couple guys. One quarterback will kind of run down by position. One quarterback that uh, comes to mind here is Cam Newton coming on a bye this week. He didn't exactly look great last week. You know, he got the one real good week out of him in his, in, in his return, but now he's got a bye and then he gets, you know, Buffalo, Tampa Bay, New Orleans in the fantasy playoffs. I mean, those aren't, you can't really start him in any of those matchups here. So maybe that's actionable. Yeah. But again, you know, love, love, hate with this whole thing is like <laughs> with, my, with with most of these guys, like you kind of have to be looking at it before your trade deadline. You know, we're yeah. here December 1st. Most leagues trade deadlines have passed by now. If they haven't, they probably should have. Um, so, you know, something to keep in mind. But yeah. let's see what else do I got here. Um, I mean, Joe Mixon, who I love. This week starts the fantasy playoffs with Denver and Baltimore. Those guys are tough. Yeah. Um, you know, Jamar Chase has a tough matchup this week, and he doesn't see a you know a top 10, you know, fantasy points allowed to PPR defense any other week, and they're starting to spread the ball around a bit. So, you know, just a, there's there's a handful of matchups that are tough, but the real, real difficult part of this is you know, bringing out actionable evidence from this here, you know. So uh we'll have to see what happens. All right, panic button time. Uh, there's, I mean, there's a lot of things, as we said, already going on, added on to this. Who do you see as some candidates here that, you know, maybe due to injuries or whatever was going on in their situation, mm-hmm. all of a sudden it seems like the team's not using them at all, and you're like, oh, it may be time to move away from this. Yeah, so the real tough one that I had this week is, uh, you know, Doing the Tuesday show, I, I try to watch the Monday night game pretty intently. Yeah. And Russell Wilson just doesn't have it. You know, he came yep. back against the Packers. We shut him out. That was great here. But you can you can almost excuse that as his first game back. We'll see what happens. But, you know, as much as I like the Manning cast on Monday nights, Lewis yeah. Riddick actually made a good point where Russ isn't coming down on his follow-through because he's almost supposed it's, – it's like he's trying to protect the finger that he broke. And I think that's part of the reason why you're seeing all these really bad overthrows here. And the whole DK Metcalf not getting targeted until the entire second half. Then Tyler Lockett didn't get targeted at all in the second half. It, it's They don't have any running game to speak of at all. I was relying on Alex Collins. That didn't work out. I mean, this is just the team in shambles that uh, might, might have to blow some things up after this season. But yeah. the way I've watched Russ over the last couple of weeks, you cannot trust him, start him against anybody i don't care if it's the jags or the lions i wouldn't throw them out there do you think they might shut him down at some point because you know looking at the record here i mean the playoffs long gone it looks like after that loss mm-hmm. to washington do they 
you know, because like you said, he's, he's going to be probably a trade asset in the offseason. You yep. don't want to get him injured. I mean, is that after the San Francisco game something that probably will happen? I believe that that would be on the table. I mean, I don't see why not. See, the thing is, though, it's not like they have a young rookie quarterback waiting in the wings here to yeah. get some benefit from development. I mean, they've got Geno Smith. He's fine. He's a veteran. But you pretty much know what you got from Geno Smith at this point in time. This Seattle roster is terribly depleted. They don't have many draft picks. Uh, so, like, yeah, like you said, maybe uh, maybe conserve him for trade bait. But man, he's not doing a whole lot to help his value over these last couple of weeks. That's for sure. It gets really messy. I almost equate the situation to uh, if you watch any of the Browns this past week and Baker Mayfield, <laughs> you see him go out there. Yeah. He is not healthy. He does no. not look good. You, he's clearly not right. They have a decent backup in Case Keenum who might give them a better chance to win games for now. Now, then you go ahead and bring Baker back for down the stretch towards the, you know, towards the real life playoffs. He's, he's clearly the better quarterback, but he needs time to get right. You know, it's as simple as that. So it's a similar situation in Seattle. All right. I mean, we covered a lot on the waiver wire. Are there some other hidden gems you have out there for us this week? Ooh, hidden gems. Yeah. I think I I gave you like eight names, but yeah. Okay. So here, here's here's a sneaky one that I'm going to bid on in my dynasty leagues this week, and I'm, I'm going to hope I don't butcher the name. But, uh, you know, the Vikings will presumably call somebody else up from the practice squad to back up Madison. Yes. But uh, don't forget about Kene Nwangu. There you go. Because he is – yeah, there we go. I did yeah. my best. You know, yes. fourth-round pick out of Iowa State. He is at, he's ran back multiple kicks this year. The guy's got 4-3 speed. Um I could see a situation, you know, I, I made a I made a Culver's bet with my co-host. He thinks whoever they call up from the practice, it was a silly bet, silly bet. But he thinks whoever they call up from the practice squad will outrush him. And I'm like, dude, Nwangu's going to take a, he's going to house an 80-yarder on like some quick toss when they're up by 30 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, if you can get him, I mean, with all these other names, you should be able to get him for next to nothing. Um, not, you know, maybe doesn't help you so much in season long unless you need an absolute Hail Mary play at the last minute. But you know, could be a sneaky guy, a dynasty guy. You remember, remember David Johnson's rookie season yes. with Arizona. He was just a kick returner and didn't get used a ton, and then suddenly, you know, turned into uh, you know something great. And it's not like he's surpassing Delvin mm-hmm. Cook or anything, but uh, he's he's a name that all, a lot of the dynasty guys here at Rotowire have been, uh, you know, have turned my attention to. Otherwise, I might have missed it too. So, if you need a sneaky hidden gem, maybe a hail mary play, go ahead with the Vikings backup. And they're kind of notorious for that, too, because when Cook has gone down in the uh, past, you know, Madison has been the guy to fill in. But they also, Mike Boone, I think, believe, if, if I remember that name from a couple of years ago, he was yep. a practice squad guy. But then he would come in, and then he would take more carries away from Madison. So yeah. they, I don't know if they're always 100% sure with Madison or not. They seem like mm-hmm. they are, but then all of a sudden they get running into the game script and whatever. And then, yeah, yeah they go to someone exactly. else. I mean. Madison's best games are when Cook gets injured in game. It's never the game after. Yes. Right? That's what it always seems like. So there's always somebody else here in the mix. But regardless if they do that, uh, I mean, this is the Lions. Uh, <laughs> there's room for everybody. There's room for everybody. There's room for multiple 20 point backs in, in this game. So uh, um, I, I think they're all in play. All right. Let's get to studs and duds this week. And at the running pack position, uh, who are you going with? I mean, well, beyond Madison, who we rank as RB4 this week, I have to turn back to Joe Mixon. He's coming off a huge week, so I don't want to have too much recency bias. But, man, I mean, he is playing like a first-round pick this year. Normally, the Steelers come to play against the Bengals. They absolutely did not this week. And uh, the thing about the Chargers is, you know, they have a 
a lot of people think, oh, they have a really good defense. The strength of the Chargers defense, I may have mentioned this before here, but it's definitely in the secondary here. You know, when you yeah. look at the defense versus position stats, they kind of shut down quarterbacks pretty well. They definitely shut down receivers the best, but then tight ends and running backs seem to be able to do really well. So, I mean, look at this stat. The Chargers are giving up the second fewest fantasy points to wide receivers, but the fourth most fantasy points to running backs. So, uh, I think Mixon can continue to keep it rolling here. I don't think we're going to see a ton of competition from the other guys there. And, uh, you know, it's a home game. You got the Chargers heading east to Cincinnati. I think this this just has another Mixon game written all over it. I am going to go with a guy that uh, he finally showed up Thanksgiving Day and Josh Jacobs. I'll go with that. Now, I know Washington, usually a tough matchup. They, I mean, they are pretty stout defensively, but, you know, they've given up on average say, about 22 points to running backs. I mean, that's total running backs per game. But I think with Jacobs, this Raiders team, they like to keep it rolling on the ground a little bit to just have success in the passing game. And coming off of that success, I think they uh, might keep rolling with Josh Jacobs. Yeah, I mean, there's a good amount to like with that. It seems like he's finally starting to get a little healthy just because he's coming off a season high in carries and rushing yards and got the goal line carry. The yards for carry numbers aren't that great, but there's a yeah. whole lot of factors that go into that. He was on the field for 65, six, let's say 66% of snaps here and got four targets, whereas uh, Kenyon Drake and Jalen Richard, who came back this past week, were under 20%. So it looks like he's getting a hold of this backfield. And, you know, the Washington football team is, you know, going into the season, I always thought the front seven was going to be the greatest strength. Yeah. But they're really kind of middle of the pack against opposing running backs. So could I see something like that continuing? Sure. All right, who's your dud running back this week? My dud? Okay, so this one's going to be a little controversial, especially after Jerry Jones comes out and says that Ezekiel Elliott is going to get a lot more touches this week. Well, guess oh, no. what, Jerry? Guess what, Jerry? You don't call the plays. And there's a whole there's a whole mess of coaching the absences that are going to happen here. And I, I, it looked to me like Zeke came up limp on a couple of those. He seems like every – okay, let's face this. Yes. It's week 13. Every NFL player is banked up to some degree. So I can make that argument, um, you know, however. But Tony Pollard played pretty well on Thanksgiving. He was productive here. And, you know, Zeke's had a couple back-to-back rough matchups. It would normally be a short week, but of course, back to back Thursday. So that's not a factor. But the Saints are number one against opposing running backs. They are tough to run on between the tackles. So if you're going to have success against that team, it will be in packages that are designed for Pollard here. So I'm going to take Jerry Jones' words with a grain of salt. <laughs> I'm not going to believe him. Uh, he's not going to be calling the plays again. I'll emphasize that point. And uh, again, well, would I ever bench Zeke? No, but yeah. if I'm making daily lineups, I, I wouldn't think about using him. You know, at what will likely be an inflated price, and um, you know, who knows for the for the eight six eight team league user out there, listener, if they're out there, uh, you know, then maybe you have some better options. Um, all right, my dud running back this week, and I know he's coming off a huge performance, but I got to say Leonard Fournette with Tampa Bay. I I know with the four touchdown game, people are excited, but this is what Leonard does to you. He he gives you a lot one week, and all of a sudden you won't see it. This could be a Ronald Jones week. I mean, that's the way Tampa Bay's backfield is. It's never consistent. And I'm not saying he can't do it against the Falcons because the Falcons, let's face it, they're not great at all. But I think you got to temper expectations. You see him go off for four touchdowns last week. I think you got to rein him back in, and I don't think it's a huge week for Leonard Fournette. Yeah, I, I don't know. I've, I've learned my lesson after uh, <laughs> after this in the past. Here, I, I, you know, That's bold, and I respect that. Yes. Uh, it's going to be tough. 
I can I can maybe twist and envision a scenario where they blow the Falcons out so badly that Fournette just sits the whole fourth quarter or something like that. Um, but in that scenario, I'd imagine he's scoring at least once. That's a yeah, that's a tough one. Um, well, it's going to yeah, tie in. One. My reasoning is going to tie into our quarterback coming up. All right, let's hear it. <laughs> so stud quarterbacks. I guess I'll go first and I'll say this is why Fournette's going to have a dud game because Tom Brady's probably going to have five touchdowns in this game against Atlanta. I, I just they're they're terrible against the pass, and I think he's going to light them off. Yeah, you know what? I cannot argue with that. We actually rank, you know, believe it or not, there are, there are a couple good. Well, Aaron Rodgers is on by. Yeah, we rank Tom Brady as our number one quarterback this week. Yes, I mentioned he has a tough fantasy playoff schedule, but that doesn't start yet. He gets the Falcons, and he's going to feast on that matchup. I'm absolutely with you there. Um, as for me, my stud of the week, I'm going a little bit deeper here, especially if you uh, are in a situation where maybe you maybe you have to stream because of Aaron Rodgers or Mayfield or or uh, or, or, or Cam, I guess, if you were playing that game. But uh, the guy I really like is uh, Derek Carr okay. against the Washington football team this week. Uh, there's, uh, I mean, I, the matchup is excellent in terms of, uh, you know, the Washington football team is giving up the most fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. And part of the reason for that is not necessarily the quality of play on their defense, but Taylor Heineke has been playing better. And better, and he's looking like someone that they, you know, could maybe give another shot next year. Yeah. And uh, as long as they stay competitive and score enough points, I could actually see a really big, scary Terry game this week too. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I we'll we'll save that for later. I, I yeah. didn't I didn't select him as my stud, but um, as long as Heineke is keeping them competitive and scoring enough points, you know, Derek Carr is going to have to play catch up. You know, he's lost some weapons. Yeah, maybe he's lost Waller here, but I think Moreau can step in. Hunter Renfro has sneakily been a wide receiver too this year. Who would have thought that? And uh, and like you said, with the uh, reestablishment of the running game earlier, I think he could have a good game, too. So that was my pick is kind of a, a little bit of a sleepy one, at least. And as a bonus, Derek Carr gets the Chiefs next week. So it's back to back good matchups for him. All right. Dud quarterback this week. All right. For me, this one, again, we'll play in this a little controversial here, but uh, I think Bill Belichick is going to have the Patriots. Yes. Um, I'm with you on this. Plan. Yep, I'm with they're you They're going to have a game plan to deal with Josh Allen. The Patriots are now the number two defense in terms. They're only giving up 17.6 fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. They've given up 14 passing touchdowns and have picked the ball off 19 times. I know Josh Allen has made some strides over the past couple of years, but, uh, you know, maybe he takes some risks, turn the ball over a few times, and, uh, you know, this is – probably the game of the week here you know and there are two games between these two left that was one of the good things the nfl did with the scheduling here this week yeah um but yeah josh allen with this matchup i think belichick's gonna drop a game plan for him they always play buffalo well they always play it tough i don't know if weather will be a factor just yet but we're getting to that time of the year where you never know it could be so uh um i don't feel great about josh allen this week necessarily I am 100% aboard. That was my dud pick, too, just you know, with the reasons you named. That New England defense, again, Belichick has got him going again, number one ranked defense. Mm-hmm. And, again, I, I, I looked at you know, their past five fantasy games for the New, New England defense. Uh, they've been averaging about 16.3 fantasy points the last five games. Yes, I mean, they've been they red hot stopping the pass. Yeah, and even if you don't believe in the fantasy points per game metric, yes. uh, you know their their yards per attempt allowed is the fourth best in the league. I mean, yeah. they're just they're on fire here, and uh, yeah, we're in agreement here. That's yes. an easy one. All right, who's going to be the uh, stud wide receiver you got this week? I'm going to go with the comeback player 
And I'm going to go back to that Thursday night game that we talked about a little bit earlier on. Um, I'm loving CeeDee Lamb coming back. Okay. It looks like he's going to be one of the guys that is around. Now, the matchup against the Saints, he maybe have a little bit of Lattimore, but they have been using CeeDee Lamb in the slot a little bit more lately to some success here. Um, he, Amari Cooper is still on the COVID reserve list. Cedric Wilson hasn't practiced yet this week, so I didn't even remember him getting an injury on Thanksgiving, but I was checking into that. So, you know, with the other injuries around him, the fact that uh, they might have to score a decent amount of points. We'll see what Taysom Hill can do with this offense. Um, I think it'll be a good CD Lamb game. He seems to always perform well in some of these. Again, this is just a gut thing. There's no real analysis beyond this one, but he yeah. performs well in some of these national TV games, and uh, I'm ready to get behind him this week. All right, I got to go with Michael Pittman. This guy, I, I think he's got to get it back on track, obviously against Houston. Might be a big Jonathan Taylor game as well, but uh, I think – he gets it back. Now, I know T.Y. Hilton scored a touchdown last week to maybe sneak in there and, and take away some touches and everything else, but I think Pittman, he gets it back on track. Uh, this week he has two uh, TD catches in two of his past three road games as well, so I think Pittman, he blows up in this game against Houston. I sure hope so. Pittman's <laughs> one of my highest exposure players in both in both dynasty and season long. I've always liked the guy coming out of USC, so um you know, I, I'll, yeah. I'll get with you. It's, it's just going to depend on, uh, you know, whether they're able to keep the game closer. Yes. Otherwise, it'll be a Taylor feast again. Well, here, they'll fake them with pay, play action like the first half of the game, and then they'll just run. Mm -hmm. Then Taylor will run yeah. for 300 yards after. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, he, <laughs> Pittman's profile isn't the necessarily deep guy, but if they're yeah. going to run a deep pass play, Pittman's the guy that can go up and get it. Here. Yes. I don't think T.Y. can really do that anymore. And with the other injuries on the roster, they don't have that kind of player. Pittman is your game-changing jump ball guy if you need to. All right, who's your dud wide out this week? Yeah, again, this one could very well come back to burn me. Um, but no excuses here. I'm going to go with Jamar Chase. I'm with he you. Had a, yeah, he yeah. kind of had a rough game last week there um, because game flow. I mean, he just didn't. he just didn't need to do a lot. We did see T. Higgins also get really involved early. I mean, it was only three targets last week and you know, 41-10 blowout here for Chase. But uh, you know, there's that mix. And you know, I mentioned how Mixon could be one of my big running backs here because that's what the Chargers like to give up. They give up rushing, they give up between the tackles. Their secondary locks down receivers pretty well here. So uh, you know, they're the number two fantasy defense against opposing wide receivers. Through eleven weeks, they've only given up five touchdowns to opposing receivers. And uh I just I, I think that uh, you know we we keep him in check for another game here and and, and let Mixon take over. Yeah, I'm with you on that uh, with Jamar Chase, and I think too, you know, rookie season, and I think there is something to that with rookie wide receivers where they start to you know not get tired out, but you know, fatigued a little mm -hmm. bit down the run, and this could be the stretch where he he's seen yeah. it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, this is you know past the amount of games that he played in the college season, right? So you've got yeah. that, you got you got the year off. In the first and, uh, time in two years, too, because you know yeah, he was off exactly. last year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, and then, uh, and then you have the whole factor of um, you know there's a, there's more film on him. You know, you see what yep. routes he's best at. You see what routes he creates separation on. You see their route tree a little bit more, and then you kind of plan ahead for that. So there's a lot of factors going into that. But uh, you know, really, I'm sure he'll have another couple big games. So don't completely panic, fantasy players. But uh, I'm not seeing it this week. This is probably the toughest. I believe it's the toughest matchup you'll see all year. In a streak of a bunch of other tough matchups. 
Well, you know, usually right here we talk about the Packers, but, uh, well, they're off this week, so do we talk Boogie Cousins news? Is he going to make a factor for the Bucs? I mean, I just we, I saw that yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, okay, I mean, well, we can fill that. getting excited about that one yeah. uh, for sure. I mean, with the Brook injury, it looks like Brook's out indefinitely, so they just need yeah. another big body that uh, – <laughs> You know that can that can eat some fouls, play some hard defense, and I think Boogie's still got a little bit of that left him in left in him at this stage of his career here. And the, you know the the greatest part about this is five years ago, someone like Boogie would have never even considered the Bucks. No, you know, as someone <laughs> like that. So, uh, um, and we might see other players in his position start to gravitate towards the Bucks. Everyone wants to win a ring with Giannis. It's a great time. To be a Bucks fan. Yes, it is. And then next week we'll be back on the Packers train. As uh, like we said, the well-rested by here, great win against the Rams, and uh, I mean they're still in good position. Mm-hmm. I know they're still in the number two spot behind Arizona, but I think Arizona will trip up here mm-hmm. and there coming down the stretch. Yep, yep, yep. But if you look at the Super Bowl betting odds, they're sneaking up there. You even saw them at number one in a couple of sports okay. books. So you know that that some of that has to deal with you know the the nationwide fan base. You know the Green Bay yes. Packers fans runs far and wide here but you know numbers don't lie vegas knows what they're doing all right and again with rotowire you got a lot of things to help us down the stretch especially navigate all these injuries and everything going on Mm -hmm. yeah i mean as i'm doing this show i'm looking through the players game logs as to what their next matchups are and you know we have where they rank right within the game log so you can see that as a glance you know there's a ton of different things same contents picking up all, all year round, I mean, youtube.com slash rotowire. See my waiver wire show on Tuesdays. I know Jeff was on with, uh, you know, a medical expert today. So that probably helps, you know, yeah. another good show if you want to listen to that, especially in a week like this. Otherwise, as always, uh, rotowire.com slash free gets you, gets you 10 days of the website. No credit card required, no strings attached. Just see what we're all about. Well, Jake Latarski, again, thank you so much for your time, and we'll talk to you next week. Yep. Thank you again, PJ. We'll catch you later. Subscribe to the Fantasy Football Zone and give us a five-star rating while you're at it. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Football Zone podcast.